Introduction and Foreword to Precious Bane. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Noel Badrian. Precious Bane by Mary Webb. Introduction and Foreword. Mary Meredith Webb, 1881-1927 A Note on the Author of Precious Bane Mary Webb died in 1927, almost unnoticed. She had lived obscurely in the village of Shrewsbury, a frail woman in delicate health who had to earn her living by raising vegetables and flowers and selling them in person at market. The daughter of a schoolmaster, George Edward Meredith, she received her education at home, except for two years of schooling at Southport. At thirty she married Henry B. L. Webb, and together they tried to eke out a living from a grudging land. The dream of writing found its first reality in a novel, The Golden Arrow, published in 1916. There followed gone to earth the how in dormer forest and seven for a secret all of these novels suffered the same indifference that the world had shown their author then she wrote precious bane a handful of people were moved by it and sung its praises it was awarded the pre femina as the best english novel of 1925 like its predecessors, Precious Bane might have languished unnoticed by the world at large, and its author, now dead at forty-six, might have been forgotten, had not a busy Prime Minister, Stanley Baldwin, paused to introduce and champion Mary Webb in 1928. Then the world began to take notice, and posthumously at least, a dream of fame was fulfilled for the author of Precious Bane. Introduction Mary Meredith, the author of Precious Bane, was born in the little village of Leighton, near Cressage, under the Wrekin, on March 25, 1881, and died at St. Leonard's, October 8, 1927, and was buried at Shrewsbury. She was the daughter of George Edward Meredith, a schoolmaster of Welsh descent, by his marriage with Sarah Alice Scott, daughter of an Edinburgh doctor of the clan of Sir Walter Scott. She was the eldest of six children, and spent her early girlhood in the Grange, a small country house near Much Wenlock. From twelve to twenty-one she lived at Stanton-on-Hine Heath, six miles northeast of Shrewsbury and for the next ten years at the old mill, Mule Brace, a mile from Shrewsbury. In 1912, Mary Meredith married Mr. Henry Bertram Law Webb, a Cambridge graduate and a native of Shropshire. After two years at Western Supermare, where Mr. Webb had a post in a school, Mr. and Mrs. Webb returned to Shropshire, living at Pontesbury and Lythe Hill, working as market gardeners and selling the produce at their own stall in Shrewsbury Market. Mrs. Webb had written stories and poems from childhood, 
but it was at this period that she seriously turned her mind to writing novels a volume of essays on nature the spring of joy and three novels the golden arrow gone to earth and the house in dormer forest had been published before she came to live in london in nineteen twenty one seven for a secret followed in nineteen twenty two and precious bane in nineteen twenty four it was awarded the femina v herus prize for nineteen twenty four to twenty five given annually for the best work of imagination in prose or verse descriptive of english life by an author who had not attained sufficient recognition i am indebted for these biographical particulars to mr webb to whom precious bane is inscribed i never met mary webb and knew nothing of her work until i read precious bane at christmas nineteen twenty six i am glad to think that i was in time to send her a few words of appreciation the stupid urban view of the countryside as dull receives a fresh and crushing answer in the books of mary webb all the novels except precious bane are set in the hill country of south-west shropshire between the clee hills and the brydens and between shrewsbury and ludlow the scene of precious bane is the country of north shropshire meres the ellesmere district but the dialect is that of south shropshire it is the country of the severn lowlands and of isolated upland ridges where celt and saxon have met and mingled for centuries for the passing traveller it is inhabited by an uncommunicative population dwelling among places with names like stedmont and squilver and stipperston nipstone and nind there are of course the old castles and timbered black and white houses for the motoring visitors but to the imaginative child brought up among the ploughlands and pools and dragonflies there is a richness on the world so it looked what our parson used to call sumptuous it is this richness which mary webb saw and felt as a girl and remembered with lyrical intensity as a woman she has interlaced with this natural beauty the tragic drama of a youth whose whole being is bent on toil and thrift and worldly success only to find himself defeated on the morrow of the harvest by the firing of the cornricks by the father of his lover the dour figure of gideon san is set against that of his gentle sister prudence who tells the tale she is a woman flawed with a hair-shotten lip and cursed in the eyes of the neighbours until her soul's loveliness is discerned by kester woodseaves the weaver and so there comes to her at the end of the story the love which is the peace to which all hearts do strive the strength of the book is not in its insight into human character though that is not lacking nor does it lie in the inevitability with which the drama is unfolded and the sin of an all-absorbing and selfish ambition punished it lies in the fusion of the elements of nature and man as observed in this remote countryside by a woman even more alive to the changing moods of nature than of man 
almost any page at random will furnish an illustration of the blending of human passion with the fields and skies so they rode away and the sound of the people died till it was less than the hum of a midge and there was nothing but a scent of rosemary and warm sun and the horse lengthening its stride towards the mountains whence came the air of morning page a hundred and seventeen one reviewer compared precious bane to a sampler stitched through long summer evenings in the bay window of a remote farmhouse and sometimes writers of welsh and border origin like william morris have had their work compared to old tapestries but while these comparisons suggest something of the harmonies of colour they fail to convey the emotional force which glows in these pages nature to mary webb was not a pattern on a screen her sensibility is so acute and her power over words so sure and swift that one who reads some passages in whitehall has almost the physical sense of being in shropshire cornfields precious bane is a revelation not of unearthly but of earthly beauty in one bit of the england of waterloo the western edge haunted with the shadows of superstition the legendary law and fantasy of neighbours on the border differing in blood and tongue this mingling of peoples and traditions and turns of speech and proverbial wisdom is what mary webb saw with the eye of mind as she stood at her stall in shrewsbury market fastened in her memory and fashioned for us in the little parcel of novels which is her legacy to literature Stanley Baldwin, 10 Downing Street, Southwest 1, October 1928. Forward. To conjure, even for a moment, the wistfulness which is the past is like trying to gather in one's arms the hyacinthine colour of the distance. But if it is once achieved, what sweetness! like the gentle fugitive fragrance of spring flowers dried with bergamot and bay how the tears will spring in the reading of some old parchment to my dear child my tablets and my ring or of the yellow letters with the love still fresh and fair in them though the ink is faded and so good night my dearest heart and god send you happy that vivid present of theirs how faint it grows the past is only the present become invisible and mute and because it is invisible and mute its memoried glances and its murmurs are infinitely precious we are tomorrow's past even now we slip away like those pictures painted on the moving dials of antique clocks a ship a cottage sun and moon a nosegay the dial turns the ship rides up and sinks again the yellow painted sun has set and we that were the new thing gather magic as we go the whir of the spinning wheels has ceased in our parlours and we hear no more the treadles of the loom the swift silken noise of the flung shuttle the intermittent thud of the batten but the imagination hears them, and theirs is the melody of romance. 
when antique things are also country things they are easier to write about for there is a permanence a continuity in country life which makes the lapse of centuries seem of little moment shropshire is a county where the dignity and beauty of ancient things lingers long and i have been fortunate not only in being born and brought up in its magical atmosphere and in having many friends in farm and cottage who by pleasant talk and reminiscence have fired the imagination but also in having the companionship of such a mind as was my father's a mind stored with old tales and legends that did not come from books and rich with an abiding love for the beauty of forest and harvest field all the more intense perhaps because it found little opportunity for expression in treating of the old subject of sin-eating i am aware that william sharp has forestalled me and has written with consummate art but sin-eaters were as well known on the welsh border as in scotland and john aubrey tells of one who lived in a cottage on ross highway and was a lamentable poor rascal my thanks are due to the authors of shropshire folklore for the rhymes of green gravel and barley bridge and for the verification of various customs which i had otherwise only known by hearsay and to the somerset weavers who recently let me see both hand looms and spinning wheels in use mary webb march nineteen twenty six End of the Introduction and Forward